If you minimized all of your windows right now, what would you see on your desktop monitor? Your beautiful face. Aww. And uh, if I if I minimized everything on my computer right now, I would see you flexing in a tiny children's shirt trying to break it. This is 8-Bit, episode 97, Sex Hells, on Sunday, November 30th, 2014, and now with more iPod. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. Why did we set our desktops as each other again? I don't remember how we got to that point the other day. I know we were talking, um, oh jeez. It was, it, it was during it a phone call. Sense. It made perfect sense at the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember, because you happened to be looking through Google Plus photos of you, and we were finding, like, a bunch of uh, albums of mine, because Google Plus, like, puts the entire album under your list, even though it's not owned by you. And and then you decided to set me as your wallpaper, and so I decided to set you as mine. Yes. Yeah, that's that's how it happened. So clearly that was the highlight of the week. (laughs) Because now every time that I, you know, accidentally, like, preview my my wallpaper or, you know, end up closing everything, I suddenly see you and I'm like, oh, dang it. <laughs> Not, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just unexpected, you know, like. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Now, you know what else I managed to forget about this week, but really should be, like, top of my mind, is the Steam uh, Thanksgiving sale. The fall sale is going on right now, and I like I saw it on Wednesday. Was like, oh yeah, every everything's on sale. Like my like three quarters of my wish list are on sale right now, and then I promptly forgot about it until today, <laughs> which is absurd. And I, and I think I know why. It's because they don't have any of their like meta sale wide game things going on, where you have to check back in like every eight hours and you'll get so many trading cards or whatever for doing certain things like buying games. So I haven't felt the need to buy anything. It's super weird. This has never happened to me during a Steam sale before. Beautiful. <laughs> Although I did so, buy one thing. Oh boy, which one? Uh, Hex Sells Infinite for $2.50. Ah. Because I have the other two games and I uh, you know, immensely enjoyed them, so I was like, I need to finish off the set and get the last one, and, uh, and then I can review all three of them all at once on the, on the show, probably next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to um, get the, the other two um, Far Cry games that I don't have, Far Cry 1 and Far Cry 2, so mm. it's like five bucks total. I think I have at least Far Cry 2 on my <laughs> Steam library. So if that one's early enough that it doesn't use Uplay, which I'm pretty sure it, it doesn't because it's so old, you should be able to play it off of my library. You have the original Far Cry and Far Cry 2. Far Cry 2 came out in 2008. Oh, really? Okay. Okay, that probably does use... Ooh, actually, I don't know. Because Assassin's Creed 1 didn't, and Assassin's Creed 2 did, and Assassin's Creed 2 came out in 2009. So Far Cry 2 would be right on that cusp of when they started doing Uplay. Yeah, I think it said something about needing a third party. Okay. Let me... It would be on the store page, that information. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But of course, 
so far we've been ignoring the elephant in the room, the most important thing that happened this week, and that, of course, is the Star Wars first trailer for Episode Seven finally came out. Let's watch it right now, because you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> no. And then we can talk about what we think of it. Are you ready, Ian? Yes. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Things first, holy bass, Batman. Bass? Oh, yes. As long as you have good headphones, anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm, I'm really not sure how I feel about the trailer, honestly, because, like, it was really exciting, yes, as trailers must be, <laughs> but, it, like, I, I am no closer to knowing what on earth is going on in that movie than I was before this trailer came out. You know, like, yeah. we, we still have absolutely no context, no idea what's going on in the galaxy 30 years after Episode 6. And, like, normally, but, well, before they did the Great Purge, the Great Legend Purge, <laughs> I would have been able to tell you what's going on, but I don't think that there's anything in canon that's happened after Episode 6 so far. So, literally no idea what's going on. <laughs> uh, I think it, it's definitely... Definitely looks like a J.J. Abrams movie. That's confirmed. <laughs> what else has he directed? Uh, Star Trek, the new ones. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that would that would be what you know we've definitely seen. Um, you know, you've got the the shaky cam. The there, there's lights on blasters now for some reason. You know, those those stormtroopers mm. in their very shiny armor had the the like the red lights on their blasters. And, you know, there's some crazy camera shots while it's following the Millennium Falcon. That you know well, that some of us are ABOS. Yeah, J.J. <laughs> so. Abrams is one of them. I was very glad, though, that there wasn't, like, tons and tons of lens flare. <laughs> that, was, that was blessedly absent. <laughs> yes, I have yeah, to agree. I mean, yeah, and, and the things that they showed us, the more I think about it, is, like, they just seem like a random collection of shots from the movie. You know, like, yeah. they, they, I can't tell what they have to do with each other. Like, in particular, I'm thinking about that droid, like the the droid that was a ball with a head on top, like yep. racing through some town, and then that lady on a speeder, like nothing happened. I don't know what they have to do with anything. I don't know who those people are, who that droid is. What's going on? I don't know. We'll find. Or we'll yeah. find out. None of the original actors appeared in the trailer, so we don't know what role they'll be playing. You know, mm-hmm. like what 
what their characters are doing at this point. Who will be Han Solo? Will it be Harrison Ford? No, yeah, Harrison Ford is in the movie as Han Solo. Mark Hamill's there as, as Luke Skywalker. Carrie Fisher's there as Princess Leia. You know, but but we like they didn't appear in the trailer, so I have no idea what their characters are doing at this point in time. Um, God, I can't believe I cannot believe in universe that people are still using thirty year old technology. <laughs> like <laughs> they they had you know a trio of X wing fighters skimming very very close to the water. Like would the would their military really still be using the same exact Starfighters 30 years later? I don't know. I mean, we're not using the same jet fighters now as we were 30 years ago, are we? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, even worse, the Millennium Falcon's there. Like, they shouldn't, like, by all rights, they shouldn't have been flying it around in Episode 5. That thing was an old piece of junk. They didn't have a choice of what, what spaceship they were in at that point, though. You know, why would you still be flying that thing? It should be in a museum. As Indiana Jones would say, <laughs> you know, like this was a ship that helped the rebellion beat the empire. You know, like they should they shouldn't be flying it around. <laughs> That's what you think? It would be like it would be like somebody seeing me in an internet cafe thirty years from now using my family's old Dell Latitude D eight twenty laptop and getting all excited about it. Like, why would I be using that? <laughs> no, no. Oh, also the TIE Fighters that appeared were, like, the baseline regular TIE Fighter models. And, at, you know, we, we don't know if, like, the, the big crazy ones that were created in the Expanded Universe exist. You know, like the TIE Defender and, and the, oh, whatever else there was. There was a droid-controlled TIE model and stuff like that. But, you know, they at right. least have like, the TIE Advanced that have appeared in the movies before. Like, why why didn't we see those? I don't know. <sighs> and, of course. Yeah. Exactly. B, yeah, B-Wings, A-Wings, like, those all appeared in Episode 6, and by all rights should be, I mean, I don't know if they're better than X-Wings necessarily, but they're a little bit newer. But, like, still, 30 years, they should have come up with something. I don't know. And then the big one, the one that I think everybody's been talking about, of course, is that lightsaber. The lightsaber with a cross guard. <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean... Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that just be kind of useless? So some people have been talking about, you know, it's to protect the hands from a lightsaber sliding down to it, but the blades, the two little crossguard blades, aren't flush with the blade, the main blade, right? There was there was a clear gap there, so if somebody managed to slide their lightsaber down yours to that point, they would just break your lightsaber. Yeah, that, that, that's would, exactly what I was thinking. And, like, you could hit yourself with that. I mean... I can tell you why in the real world they decided to do that. It's because like every single dark side user that they've had in the universe since the original trilogy has had to have some sort of gimmick on their lightsaber. That's true. It started with Maul, double-sided lightsaber, you know, mm-hmm. then there was Count Dooku with his bent one. Asajj Ventress was dual wielding with slightly bent ones, but they they were bent at the bottom instead of the top, so it didn't really affect how she used them, you know. Yeah. Um the Sith Inquisitor in Star Wars Rebels has a crazy double-bladed spinning lightsaber. That admittedly was cool the first time I saw it, but then I realized, like, that's absolute. How are you supposed to use that in combat? <laughs> because if it if it can spin, then when somebody hits it, it'll just keep spinning. It won't stop their blade. 
unless he has some way to control when it spins and when it doesn't, but I, I'm, I'm sure he does, but it can't be easy to use. <laughs> I don't know. Lightsaber gimmicks. Yeah. Lightsaber gimmicks. I mean, drama gimmicks. <laughs> Let's yeah. face it. This, yes, very drama. That was the entire trailer was just drama. Very drama. Many. I don't know. And then the one thing that I've I've heard a couple of people talking about, and I was very surprised that I that I heard one of them talking about it because she's a big Star Wars fan, and I thought for sure she would realize this. Uh, but people have been like complaining about the the stormtrooper that appears at the beginning. They're like that he's not a clone. That he's not a clone. Yeah. Like okay, the phrasing that they used was he's black, and I was like, okay, you need to say that better. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, he's not a clone, and they were like, why, "Why isn't he a clone?" And it's like, "Okay, dear, just listen up. Like, <laughs> let me educate you. They were making clones after the Clone Wars. All of the clones left service before Episode Four happened because they grow. They they grew twice as fast. So they age twice as fast. So that 19 year gap between Episodes Three and Four means that any clones that were still alive were almost certainly just like training new stormtroopers." Not I thought we were going to say something about them getting old and wanting to retire. I don't think they're going to be allowed to retire. I mean, under the Republic they might have been, but we're talking about the Empire here. Yes, that's true. That's true. And when that's, like, they, they're pre-programmed to just obey, right? So if you tell them to keep working and keep training people, they're going to do that. They're not going to, you know, go off and go AWOL and just try to retire by themselves. So you can get away with making them work for their entire lives. Yes. And if you're an emperor who has no moral qualms about that, then, uh, you know, you'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised that people still don't realize this because I've, I heard, I've heard people in the past talking about the, like, in episode four, you know, there's that moment when there are, like, three or four stormtroopers walking through a low doorway, and one of them hits their head. And people were like, he shouldn't have hit his head. They should all be the same height, because they're all clones. No, they're not all clones, you idiots. There, that was my public service announcement <laughs> of the week. You have all been educated. <laughs> Buck is pissed. Hey, would you like me to explain to you what a parsec means and why it makes sense for the Millennium Falcon to have done the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs? Leave some feedback if you want me to explain that to you. <laughs> I'd say there's only so much geek you can have in one day, but that, that, that'd be lying. No, that would be... This is my life. This is, this is the world that I exist in. I think about this too much. <sighs> uh, I mean... I suppose it's the world you choose to be in. Yes, <laughs> that's to. true. On the, ooh, uh, I, I feel like this is the world that was chosen for me when I was very, very young, and trying to just stop to stop thinking about it now would be absurd. It would go <laughs> against like my entire being. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about this. <laughs> I can I can change myself as much as I want to to be like a better person to respect people more you know or, but I can't change the fact that I have to think about Star Wars that I have <laughs> to read and watch everything that comes out in that world. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. No, it's what, a minor maybe, addiction. It might be bad for my wallet. 
might be bad for your wallet. That's the only thing it's bad for. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, being put in a place where you're using your imagination is not a bad thing. Ever. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Just look at the giant Star Wars Lego universe that my brothers and I made when we were children. That was awesome. Yes. So, speaking of listeners sending in feedback, we got one line of listener feedback from Andrew this week. He... Remember when we were talking about what ARG, ARPG means? Yeah. And we, we couldn't figure it out for a little while? Uh, so he says, no one called Mass Effect an American RPG, or if they did, they shouldn't have, because it was conceived by and made mostly by Canadians. And I did, I did think of that, like, a few seconds after we moved on from talking about ARPGs. And, uh, of course, I immediately was like, oh, yeah, Andrew Bailey's going to call us out on that. <laughs> Which is really funny, because, yeah, I've started, like, predicting what his feedback is going to be while we're recording each show. I mean, I'm sorry I mess up every now and then, okay? <laughs> oh, we all do. We all do. And it's and it's good to, to have somebody to keep us accountable. But, That's yeah, true. It's, <laughs> and it's, it's good to have somebody who's a consistent part of, of, you know, a consistent person outside of the show. Because <laughs> yes. sometimes we're too close to it to see, you know, what we're doing wrong. Just like relationships. Wait a <laughs> second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this got serious real fast. Oh, we've always been serious, Bay. Mm. Let's take it back, though. Let's, let's take it back, talk about something that, uh, you know... That isn't isn't quite so serious. It doesn't doesn't bring you down. You know, what can lift up your spirits with video games. Some video game news. Mm. So if you want if you want to find any of the articles that we're about to talk about, go to the nexus.tv/eb97. That's where the show notes reside. So eb98. You're 98. No, 97. Totally 97. No, it's not. Totally. Why are you trying to trick me? Okay, it might be 96. It no, it's 97. <laughs> What are you going on about? <laughs> Say 97. One more time. 97. Damn it. Okay, fine, you win. Why? What? I'm confused. <laughs> Is this a reference to something that I'm not understanding? I have no idea. I'm just being weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me something new. Or, even better, I'll tell you something new. So, Star Citizen, that uh, you know, space simulator that's coming out sometime in the near future, I hope, it, you know, they've been doing their crowdfunding business for a very, very long time, and their rewards are starting to get a little bit weird. So they just passed the net $63 million mark, and oh, if they hit $64 million, then they will add pets to the game. Space pets that you can have on your spaceship with you. I don't know if that's something that anybody has requested, but they decided to put it in. <laughs> it's like... And I'm starting to wonder, like, why do they need more and more stretch goals? Why why can't they just make the game that they've already promised us and it's all good? They've already made a bunch of money off of it. It hasn't come out yet. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't Kinda know. Space pets. So I don't know if you guys find this amusing or not, but in comments, down in the comments section, the number that I have is 0420.0, .0, so 420. 042? What? I don't know. There's only 420 comments, so everyone's blazing it. Oh, on that article? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Or at least when we, when I'm looking at it right now, on the day that we are recording. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> um, oh, this is always cool. This is this is 
it's always nice to hear that their companies are growing. So Irrational is hiring all over again. Well, not all over again. Sorry, Irrational is hiring again. And the most interesting part is that they are looking for a senior programmer with multiplayer experience, which begs the question of what does that mean? Yeah. I Ken Levine is not somebody who has ever really been big into making multiplayer stuff. So, yeah, what are they doing? What are they making? I don't know. Well, let's see what else have they made. Uh, the Bioshock, the Bioshock people. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, remember, because Irrational uh, basically shut down except for a core group of, like, Ken Levine and 15 people, and uh, so that they could focus on designing whatever they're going to make next and, and do something unique that has never been done before. Well, everything that they've done so far is a first-person shooter, so it's probably going to be a first-person game of some sort. Yeah, yeah. It'll probably be heavily narrative-driven, have great atmosphere, I bet. Fine by me. Uh, so... There's a guy who is going to spend a month experiencing someone else's life through the Oculus Rift, provided his Kickstarter makes its goal, of course. <laughs> I think that this is a really, really cool application for the Oculus Rift, and not one that most people would ever do, because, you know, you, like, he's going to be wearing the Oculus Rift and wearing soundproof headphones for an entire month. It's going to be crazy. So he'll be the person's un unheard conscience. No, they won't be able to hear him. Yeah, so he's the person's unheard conscience. Oh, unheard. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, they've talked about. There's some interesting stuff in there about like different psychological studies that have been done along these lines and how people, if if when when presented with a a different situation than like their life for long enough, they start to adapt to it. And so the idea is that he will basically lose his sense of self and start thinking of the other person as himself and their life as, like, his life. And, yeah, I, I really want to see this documentary. <laughs> I want to see this documentary get made. That could be really interesting. I mean, we always have... We always like to find interesting things, so that could be... Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That, yeah. Huh. I wonder if the guy who will be wearing the glasses will get laid. <laughs> well, <laughs> that okay. Would be like. So one of the one of the requirements for being the person whose life he's going to be experiencing is uh, you have to be a heterosexual male because he you know didn't he wanted some semblance of of familiarity and you actually have to be living with a significant other at the time that this experiment goes on because. Uh, that will allow him to like hear you narrating your life because you know if 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 for example I was the one who whose life he was living for a month while I'm here in like Sweden he would just get like me sitting at the computer for a long time then I would go for a walk then I might go to the grocery store but like he wouldn't know why I'm doing these things what you know what's going on in my head because I have I'm I don't really like talk to anybody on a regular basis while I'm here in my apartment. Yeah. But, huh. like, on the other hand, if I was like, hey, I'm going to go grocery shopping, do you need anything? Like, you know, then... Yeah. Then, you know, then he would be able to have some context. That makes sense. So I doubt that there's going to be a way to experience touch with this, though, which could be kind of interesting with, like, hands and... No, so that's the, that's the thing, um, is they are going to be recording each day six days ahead of time. 
so that people can go through and make sure that there's like no gaps in the video or anything. And also they will be able to do things like prepare the same meals for him so that he'll be eating the, those meals while watching the person eat those meals. Hmm. Yeah. So will he be able to see his plate then? <laughs> no, he'll he'll be wearing the Oculus, and they'll just have to like set up his eating arrangement the same as the eating arrangement was for the other person. Hmm. Like ribs or crab or shrimp, something where you have to shell it would be really tricky then. I They'll probably think of that and avoid those kinds of foods. Huh. Interesting. Okay. That's yeah. That's weird, but kind of cool. I, I just have to wonder what it would be like to be in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Oh well, we've got a cool enough adventure lined up as it is for now. Yes, we do. <laughs> Going down the Mississippi on a canoe. Mississippi. Okay. So, <clears throat> uh, Steam, everyone's favorite group, is making an uh, a little change to their gifting service. I don't know what what would you call it. Well, okay, so this is this the marketplace that they're changing, the because yeah. it's the trading the trading portion of it. Yeah. So with 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 the gifts, you can buy a gift and you can still send it off as a gift. That has not been changed. That that still works the way it was supposed to be. However, it will be untradeable for thirty days. Um, so that means that you cannot buy something as a gift for somebody else and then be like, oh hey, I'm going to trade you this for this now until 30 days after that purchase. Mm-hmm. And they, they did that to basically protect the other person because apparently people were having trouble where they would trade somebody and receive a game, but then that person's like payment option would have trouble with Steam, yeah. possibly, and you know that, that kind of problem wouldn't get caught before they did the trade. Mm-hmm. So then, I don't know what happens then, you know, do, does the game disappear from the other person's library who just received the game, you know? Well, it says it gets revoked. Okay, so yeah. I think so. Yeah, so, so this way nobody has to worry about that kind of thing, except for the person who did the actual purchasing. Mm-hmm. Or so we hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This should help at least. So I found this paper this week that examines what exactly would happen to planets the size and density that you find in Super Mario Galaxy. So in that game, you know, you've got Mario running around on these tiny, tiny planets, but they appear to have roughly the same gravity as Earth, as, you know, what he runs around in in all of the other games. And uh, apparently, these, uh, these planets would just kind of break apart under the stress of trying to exist at that size. It, mm-hmm. it wouldn't work. And it, it reminds me a lot of some of the what-if articles on the XKCD what-if blog, because he, he did answer a question about... Uh, so you know the, the, the book The Little Prince? I know of it. I actually haven't read it. Okay, yeah. I, I haven't read it either. But yeah, so there's, there's this prince from, you know, uh, not from Earth, who lives on, like, this little asteroid-sized... Uh, um, planet that has normal gravity, and uh, I, you know, he basically he was answering, you know, could you actually stand on one of those? Like, wh- how how would it work? And um, you could actually escape the gravitational field of it by like running sideways fast enough. <laughs> guys, guys, I'm gonna go fly. I'm gonna go fly. Oh man, that would make track events really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to make them into, like, crawling events instead. 
who can crawl the slowest, I will take a nap. <laughs> sloth wins that one. Sloth. I like sloth. Sloth is my friend. Except for the one in Full Metal Alchemist. That one was Do you know scary. what your sin is? Ah, like hell. Reference to something. I'm a fan of all seven. <laughs> What's that from? Serenity. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But right now, I'm going to go with Wrath. Yeah, I try not to talk about that. Whatever you think of the rest of the movie, that was a good moment. That was a good line. That was. That was. I won't deny that. All right, so I think we talked about this a little bit last week just because it was so dang weird. Bloodsport, an Arduino hooked up to a controller and blood collection machine that takes some of your blood when the controller rumbles. Um, so, yeah, we talked about this as one of those ways that people are trying to... Did we? I don't remember. I thought we did. It, I, this Maybe you story the broke early in the, in the week. Maybe you sent me the article then. I could be wrong. Yeah. All right, so there's this thing called Bloodsport where every single time... Or it's designed mainly for like first-person shooters, and the thought that um, like when you play, you obviously sustain injuries, and so it, it's hooked up to something. Um, it's an Arduino hooked up to a controller um, and a blood collection machine, so that whenever the controller vibrates, like as if you would have been hit, it it, it detracts a little bit of blood um, from your body. From your body, because that makes things more realistic. Because when you get hit, you would be losing blood. And even so, if it's not necessarily realistic, it does raise the stakes a bit, I think. It does raise the stakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm in a glitch where I'm getting hit a million times. What's going to happen? Well, I mean, they, they did set, like, uh, a hard cap where the blood machine would not collect any more blood from you. Or so you would hope. Yeah. Um, but anyway, because it sounds so weird and is probably a health hazard to people, probably more so the second one, um, Kickstarter actually suspended the funding for the project. Yeah. Which I'm kind of fine with. Well, I I mean, it, they weren't trying to sell these to anybody. Like, what they were trying to do was take the machine on a tour to blood drives and have people playing games while, you know, getting their blood sucked little by little. Oh. Well, yeah. never mind. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought this was just something that you would have at home. No, 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 no. Like, well, that would be sketchy as hell. So bad, yeah. Never mind. That would actually be really cool, and I would go in and donate even more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd go against my dad multiplayer games and see which one gets finished first. Now you're getting the appeal of this. Doesn't it sound cool? Yeah. <laughs> oh. But apparently Kickstarter thinks that it sounds uh, kind of weird. Well, I mean, yeah, but... Yeah. Another thing that sounds kind of weird is playing games with your keyboard as the display. Not many games would work with this, but one of them is Snake. Because, of course... That one, <laughs> snake? Snake! Snake! Uh, yeah, no, the game Snake. Where, of course, you know, you control which direction this little uh, snake on a, on a dot matrix is, is moving, and you just go and eat an apple, and then it gets longer, and, you know, you keep going until you run into your own tail or whatever. And so somebody has hacked a, a light-up keyboard, a backlit keyboard, to have the keys light up, you know, the way that they would on a grid. And it is a little bit weird because, you know, of course, 
keyboards are not perfectly up and down. You know, the, the keys are not aligned that way. They're kind of at a diagonal. So <laughs> it, it would probably take a little bit getting used to playing it, but it, it looks doable. And it, it's actually moving at a slow enough speed that you would probably be able to get pretty far in the game. Mm. That, and they also implemented wraparound. So if you run into the edges of the keyboard, you don't lose. Oh. So that, make, that makes it easy. Oh. oh, man, that'd be confusing just because it's... You no longer move in a square. Yeah. Down is diagonal. You can, Yeah, you have to think about it slightly from the right, <laughs> looking, looking over towards, like, the escape key, and that's your up and down. Yeah. And I'm watching him play. I thought this would be on one of the Razer keyboards, because they have a light-up keyboard too, don't they? Right. I think... It, I mean, it it depends on how hackable the firmware is because most most light up keyboards don't support you just like just programming which keys light up when. That's true. So even with this keyboard, I believe the guy had to like alter the firmware himself. Interesting. By the way, the only time I really remember playing Snake was on when my parents had those Nokia phones that never. Are those Nokia phones that never, ever, ever broke? Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> you didn't have it had, on, like, your TI-83 or anything? I suppose I had it then, too. But I, I was playing with it on my parents' phone before I was playing with it on the TI-83. Okay, so, oh, the next thing. So Nintendo is actually filing, or, yeah, applying for a patent on what amounts to game emulation. So for those of you who don't know, um, what a game emulator is, is it's essentially the I don't know the best way to call it. But it's, it's the runtime, I guess, of, of an old system running on different hardware. Yeah, that's how I'd describe it. Yeah, that's probably the best way of putting it. So the game data, and then you can buy an or sorry, so that's the ROM, and then you can buy an emulator which allows those ROMs to be read and played yep. for that particular game system. Um, and so they're they're trying to find a patent on what amounts to game emulation. And do you know if this is for... So it sounds like what they're trying to do is release Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games on like low-end uh, platforms such as people's cell phones or like you know those, those touchscreen screens that you have on the backs of uh, airplane chairs, simple yeah. things like that. I think it's really funny that they're trying to patent that because this is a, a technology that already exists and is used all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that's kind of where you can get all the games for free. But it's also really nice um, in the sense that the batteries in those cartridges run out eventually, and so you can no longer save, but you can do that actually with um, emulators and ROMs. You can still go back and play those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so usually the, the batteries in the cartridges themselves don't affect the save games. They did more did things like keep track of real time while you weren't playing. Some of them keep track of save, or of saves, I think. Uh, save games on a cartridge shouldn't depend on having power. Huh. Well, then maybe mine just got corrupted. Yeah, that's that's more likely, I think. Which which game are you thinking of? Dragon Age. Or not Dragon Age. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dragon Age Color. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Age Advanced. <laughs> oh man, was it Crystal Version? Uh, that was one of them. Though I think the main one that no, Dragon Warrior, like Dragon Quest Monsters. Okay, okay. 
Because, yeah, I, I, I know for sure the crystal version, the battery in there, was meant for, like, keeping track of, you know, because there were certain events that only happened at night or during the day or on certain days of the week kind of thing. So yeah. it had a tiny little battery in there to just run a, a clock. Yeah, which actually nowadays, can't yeah. really do on ROMs or emulators. It's still no, stuck but, at one time of day. I mean, the, the people could probably alter the ROM to take yours, your system time. Yeah. Uh, instead of trying to keep track of time itself. Yeah. But then my game won't know how many hours have gone by. That's fine. That's the point. <laughs> yes? So that so that you can lose hours on games? Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Well, and in that case, you can also just alter your system time and, uh, you know, make the game think that it's a different time of day if you need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of nice. Or it would be. I tried cheating like that once at Admiral Crossing. It didn't go very well. <laughs> in um in one of the games that I've played uh on on Android and on PC, why can't I think of the name right now? Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery. There's you know the there are certain events that only happen during certain phases of the moon, hmm. and there's a way in game to go and alter the phase of the moon temporarily. But it's kind of hidden, and the other way to do it without having to wait an entire month is mm. to alter your system system clock. But the game will actually realize that you've done that, and there is a an achievement for cheating. <laughs> <laughs> There's an achievement just called cheater or something like that <laughs> that you get if you cheat. Pumpkin eater. Oh yeah, and then of course there's another one for beating the game without cheating. So hmm. there you go. So Which Broken Age. Uh, I got both of them. I got the legit one first, and then and then in order to get achievement completion in that game, I went and altered the system time. Because oh, achievement and completion is important. <laughs> Believe me. Trust me. I know. <laughs> Don't worry, man. I'm from the internet. So Broken Age Act 2 will unfortunately be launching in 2015 instead of at the end of this year. So sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd kind of been wondering more and more if they were actually going to be able to get it out by the end of the year. And right on the, the edge of the last month, they decided, Double Fine decided, no, we probably won't get it out. So you guys will just have to wait until 2015. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, well. I've been looking forward to it, too. Well, then it probably affects you more than me in that case. Yeah, probably. And Andrew Bailey. He actually kickstarted it. Oh, Bailey. Oh my, that's all of the news, because today, this week, was Thanksgiving, so, you know, nobody wrote news. Yeah, weird how that works. But, on the other hand, it gave some of us some time to play games, and actually have some reviews. Weird. So this first game that I played this week is really, really unique. Do you like radio dramas, Ian? Like, uh, Night Vale? Or not Night Vale? Night Vale would be one, uh, but I'm I'm also thinking about like you know old time radio dramas, you know about uh, uh, you know the the American Wild West or you know a, a secret spy agent doing you know secret spy things, uh, you know, and you you listen to an exciting story while you're sitting at home in front of the radio because you don't have a television because it's the you know 1930s or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I I have enjoyed. Um... The occasional Sherlock Holmes in that way, yes. Mm, yeah. Well, do you think that you would enjoy an interactive radio drama? That's a thing. 
That is a thing that I just discovered this week. Yeah. And it's it's pretty much as cool as it sounds, especially because it has voice feedback. Or not voice feedback, but you 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 give it commands with your voice. So yeah, the 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 story here in Codename Singus is you're an agent for you know a, a spy agency thing, and your handler will talk to you you know over your over your earpiece, and you'll hear you know all of the events going on around you, and then your handler will like present you with well you could probably solve this problem you know this way or this way you know one of them would be like uh, stealthy and one of them would be bold. So which one are you going to do, stealthy or bold? And then you reply with your voice with one of those two words. And uh, then it, you know, it's it's like a it's like a choose your own adventure book, but hands free and audio. Huh. It's really cool. It's really cool. Sounds like it. I, I I'm liking this. My yeah. My only complaints with it uh, are that the the writing. Could have been a little bit better in places. The the voice acting was mostly mostly phenomenal. Uh, Logan Cunningham appears as a bad guy in this game. He he's the narrator in Bastion. What? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> so yeah, when when I heard his voice, I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I know that voice. Now nah, hold up, voice, right? Yeah, hold up, But then I was like, I was like second guessing myself. I was like, no way. Uh uh-uh. uh yeah no. <laughs> so I had to look it up. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's Logan Cunningham. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm like actually more excited about where this platform is going to go in the future, especially because the the company that made this game has hired one of the guys who was a writer back at like LucasArts back in back in their heyday, and he's also written at Telltale, and so like the stories should just keep getting better. You would think. It's it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be really cool. So yeah, that's Codename Singus. It's uh it's available on Android and iOS, and uh, they've got they've got you know f- like like five different episodes out right now. Each of them takes about fifteen to twenty minutes to play through, and uh, I think yeah, if I were to put a reasonable price on each of those episodes, I would say I would I would pay probably about you know a dollar for each, so five dollars for a whole mission pretty reasonable price. And if you want to find out, of course, if this is the kind of thing that you would enjoy, then uh, you can just go and download it and the like the little prologue, and I think is the first mission free? Or is it just the prologue? But you know, you get you kind of get a sense from the prologue of uh, how this how this concept works. So are you telling me that I should go and download that right now and try it? Yeah, you you really probably should. <laughs> right 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 the second on the show? Yeah, do it. Go for it. Okay. Cool. And actually, so this this really complements my love for podcasts. Go figure. This because is, this is codenamed Cygnus, too, yes? Uh, Cygnus, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because, like, this is something that provided you have, you know, like some so, uh, a headset, some, some earbuds with, like, a microphone, an inline microphone that, like, hangs off of it. You could easily play this game on, like, your, while walking to school or on your commute or whatever, you know? You might look kind of crazy sitting there on the subway, like muttering uh, char- "charismatic" or you know, or or um, "bold" or you know, what, whatever any of those words to yourself. <laughs> Hostile, athletic. People might start to wonder. 
so where do I find this? And wait, would I be able to play it on my desktop? No, no, Android or iOS. So it has to be iOS. Okay. Yeah. So I'd have to use my Apu. Yes. I mean, that's the idea. I mean, I suppose I do like my Apu some days. Weird that I say that, considering that I, I'm sort of an anti-Apple. As long as you're not saying Ipoon. And we can get away with that because that's Australian slang and it doesn't mean anything in America, right? Apuntang. <laughs> oh, man. That's like a harpoon, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Yep. That's all it is. Though I suppose a harpoon might actually... I don't even want to think about what that means. <laughs> what have you been playing, Ian? Uh, well, I've been playing Dragon Age Inquisition. Now, I, I don't really have a full review that I can give you guys, because I'm... And keep in mind, I say this with a grain of salt, I'm only 15 hours into the game. That's like a drop in the bucket for this game. <laughs> and, I mean, it's... EA said that it was supposed to be their answer to Skyrim, and they are doing it well, from what I can tell. The, one of the things that they were really excited about was their crafting um, and the new ability to do crafting stuff, and that that's definitely interesting in that you have to find different materials and then you're given schematics, but you get to choose which materials that you want to use and that alters both the look of the weapon as well as the stats of the weapon or the armor. Um, The game itself is absolutely huge and the maps in the original Dragon Age, or in in the two first Dragon Age games, the maps were sort of, here's a point A, you go to point B. Now the maps are very much so open and it's like, here's an area. Now, here's where you should start, and here's your main goal, but there's a whole bunch more to explore. Um, and I assume that you've been doing a lot of that. Yes. That, that's, uh, that's my only complaint so far, is that there's sometimes a little bit too much. To do. <laughs> um, no, that just means that you have no self-control. Yes. If there are things to do, I must do them. Except fight dragons, I'm not strong enough to do that yet, these can. <laughs> Seriously. Dragons. What? Those cursed dragons. Dragons. Why did it have to be dragons? Obviously, the best part of any RPG, and especially Dragon Age, is the character creation. I need you to describe your Inquisitor for me. He's actually not that weird looking. Say He is a... Well, okay, kind of. Um, He's a Canari with some actual color in his skin. The Canari... Oh, you you went with the Canari? Yeah. All right. I chose not to do a sneaky... Though I, I, I've been meaning to do a double dagger backstab sneaky sort of character for a while, so I might do a second playthrough mm-hmm. eventually and do that with, like, a dwarf. That'll just take, you know, the other half of your life. Yep. <laughs> That'll be next semester's project. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, so far, everything has been... Everything was really customizable in terms of... or they, they, It was Skyrim-esque customization. Um style and ability to do so. Also, you could be a Canari woman, which is weird. You've never, there's never been any mention of a Canari woman before in the Dragon Age universe, so I, mm-hmm. I, I went with a guy, but I really want to see it, or I'm hoping that I get to meet a female Canari in the game. Um, let's see, so, so yeah, Canari with a little bit of color in his complexion. Um, they only had one type of hair for Canari, which was cornrows. However, mine has scarlet cornrows. Um, his eyes are actually the coolest thing. The the so the iris right around the pupil is orange, and on the outside of the iris is purple. I tried to make it blue, but it, oh, wow. it ended up looking more purple. 
Um, so he looks like he's looking into your soul all the time with Saruman's eye. It's great. And then he has horns that go back and have some metal tips. Nice. And I mean, as a Kunari, he's already head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of height. And they didn't the, the body type and whatnot. They didn't give any customization for it. It was just the face. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if that was. I wonder if that's true for all of the races. Maybe. I mean, I haven't played around with all the different characters yet, but I don't know if there's achievements for playing around with all the different characters like there was in. Because in, in, in Origins, they had different backstories for each character, whereas this one is one unified backstory. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't... I don't know if it's going to be quite on the same scale that Origin was in terms of... It, it definitely doesn't sound like they're having the like two-part story where it's your your Origin that you play through and then like the the main unified storyline that everybody goes through. Yeah, which I miss. I actually really, really, really like that. Um, though you still have some story in that people will react to your character being what sort of the race and gender that you chose. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I do. I, I believe I remember reading that since you chose Kunari, you'll actually be somewhat limited on your romance options, for example, because no! some people just don't want to get with a Kunari because uh, that's a little bit intimidating, I guess. Too big to handle. Although, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. My sword uh, is too big for their sheath. There, there is a wonderful, wonderful video of, I think, the best sex scene that I've ever seen from Bioware involving a Kunari. But I don't know if you should watch it yet until you've, like, you know, played through at least once or something. But it was hilarious. There was, there was some great, great humor in there. Male Kunari or female yeah. Kunari? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a, a human player with a male Kunari. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I don't plan on romancing any Kunari. It was probably the Iron Bull. Did he have a goatee and an, uh, an eye patch? Yep, yep. Yep, Iron Bull. He's fun. I have him in my party. Oh, do you? Oh, I'm going a similar build as him right now. So you probably won't be going out in the field with you very often? No. So right now it's Cassandra. Actually, my favorite character so far. Um, oh, shoot, I'm trying to remember. I just got her yesterday. But she's an elf that is... Is very much so a trickster, so she's sort of like a Robin Hood character in the game. Um, if, like, Robin Hood and Puck had a female elf child, that would be this character. Who's Puck? Puck is, um, I believe he's the Norse. No, not the Norse. Um, but he's one of the trickster gods. Okay. And so just, so um, she she leads you with notes to go and find her, and so that you, the first thing that you encounter is... So there's this noble that you find in a back alleyway who's standing there threatening to kill you. Um, and then she she walks down with an arrow and says, look at me and say, what, one more time? And then he looks at her and, what are you? And arrow through the mouth. Um, <laughs> but her So her friends uh, got the storeroom unlocked where they keep all their weapons and whatnot. So instead of stealing their weapons, she stole their bridges. So they were running around without pants. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of that dream that I had as a kid. Um, wh- do you remember the, where where I was a secret spy and we Stirring were going? What? Stirring yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, this was one where uh, we were we were infiltrating a Russian like nuclear warhead base, 
but instead, and, and, and we couldn't find their nuclear weapons, so we couldn't steal those. So instead, we stole their coffee so that they wouldn't be able to wake up in the morning. <laughs> oh, that is so different. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the sad thing is, there's probably a few people out there who that would work. Or <laughs> that, or they'd just be grouchy. I hope that, you know, our national security doesn't depend on people like that. Well, one never knows. Um, let's see. So yeah, a lot, lot more to do. A lot bigger open spaces, uh, which is what they were focusing on. It seemed like. Um, holy cow, the graphics are pretty. Like, I mean, holy cow, everything is like I want to screenshot this, but it doesn't work in Origin. <laughs> Sad. Um, and it's it, unlike the Dragon Age Two. It seems to actually be optimized. <laughs> in terms of graphics and whatnot. There's no yeah. more than that, that weird, oh my gosh, I'm glitching because there's a fire thing nearby. It's now, everything runs silky smooth, and everything looks stupid pretty. Like, there's even light effects that I are mean, working. You also have a 770, so I should hope that it runs smooth. And it didn't stop Far Cry from making something that my computer couldn't handle. Was that because of glitches, or was that because of it actually not performing quite well enough? The Far Cry 4, its maximum setting. Right, well then, don't, well then don't do the maximum setting. I didn't. No, I'm saying for the setting that I had it on, which was high, mm-hmm. it still looked really pretty, one. Okay. And, and it ran just fine in terms of being smooth. It's just having the 770 doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be able to run everything just... No, flawless. but it means that you'll be able to run every game at some setting. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, finding stuff... And Stop. it will look pretty at yeah. that setting, whether it's the highest or not. Yeah. Stopping whining. You want to know what else looks pretty? Monument Valley and the Forgotten Shores uh, expansion that they just came out with. So, yes, I played it. It's wonderful. It's, uh, I think even though it's eight levels and, you know, the original game was uh, ten, I believe it takes just about as long to complete the the expansion as the original because... The, the eight levels are a little bit longer. Uh, you know, for example, what, like the very first level in the original game was like one puzzle. And then you, you know, got the title screen and went to the main menu. So like, they count that as a level, but it's not really. Um, they actually have like real puzzles this time that I actually had to think about in order to solve. They, they weren't Weird. like, they weren't super difficult, but you know, it, it, it unlike, the original, where I just was like, okay, this is the path that I'm taking. I just follow this path the entire way. Uh, I actually, you know, had to solve a couple of things in Forgotten Shores. They, I thought that I had seen, like, everything that I could in the original that would, like, blow me away. But no, no, Forgotten Shores has several more, like, holy crap moments. What did I just see? <laughs> of impossible, you know, architecture. Ooh. Good Looking stuff. Looking at screenshots. They also uh, had a bit more emotional impact in the story this time, Ooh. and I'm and I'm not going to say anything else because it was a surprise for me, and it won't affect you unless it's a surprise. So just just know that this time, in addition to just the sense of awe, there is some real emotional stuff. <laughs> so what you're saying is when we move in together, I'm going to have to borrow your phone. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> You'll have to pry it from my cold, dead hands. 
please don't actually do that. <laughs> I will share. <laughs> well, I mean, then then who would I have to pay rent? Or help pay rent? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, the the best thing about this expansion is that it really makes the game feel complete. Because, you know, I played through the ten chapters that were in the original game, and I was, you know, immediately like, I want more. I want to play more. Can I play more? Are there more levels coming? I don't know. Like, you know, and I, I, I just, you know, walked away from it going, that was really fun, but I want more. Priest. And, and yeah, and now with, with the extra eight levels, it does feel like a complete experience that it was, you know, it was long enough for me to go, yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good, and I'm happy with it. Um, and the fact that the expansion costs half as much as the uh, the original game is even better. So now, instead of you know buying uh, a two-hour game for four dollars, you get a four-hour game for six dollars if you buy both the game and the expansion, which is good value, I think, great value. So I wish that this ran on like Chrome's Play Store, so I could just get it and play it on my desktop. You really need to get like a real mobile device, Ian. <laughs> Working on it. Got to pay for the trip first. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh well. Oh. Uh, correction. You need to get a real mobile device and not lose it. Uh, I don't know if that was my fault or if someone borrowed it from my pocket when I wasn't looking. But you know, I. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been pickpocketed, so I don't know how easy it is to not notice. But I yeah. mean, you got good at pickpocketing when you were doing Oliver stuff, and your mom wouldn't notice that you pickpocketed her every now and then. Really? I thought that's what it was. What did I? What did I? I don't. What does my mom even have that I would want to steal from her pockets? You didn't. You you did it because you wanted to get good at pickpocketing. Okay. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Junior high. That was an interesting time. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely possible to get stuff borrowed without them noticing. And I, I didn't have it activated, so I couldn't just track it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it would have needed Wi-Fi. Yeah. And I don't think that they could get into it because, hey, that... Um, you had a password? Yeah, or not a password, but one of the swipe things. Sure. Yeah. Pattern lock thingy, yeah. Oh, excuse me. And since it's a Verizon phone, it's probably rather difficult to sideload things onto it, but I don't know specifics on whatever model it was. HTC Lightning or something? Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. The first LTE phone in America. <laughs> I mean, it was working fine. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that their stupid little third-party provider didn't have 4G yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't even believe that that's the situation. Like, how? Uh, uh, oh, well. Anyway, so guess what we're going to be talking about uh, next week? I'm super excited about next week. Mm, is it, does it, does it, is it a, dang it, I can't really make a good spoonerism with that, can I? <laughs> I was going to try a new Telltale. But... Uh, Lord, Lord of Bands? Bales from the Tortorlands. <laughs> yeah, so Tales of the Borderlands, first episode, uh, just came out this week. I haven't had a chance to play it yet because I've been so busy working on actual school things, but I'll definitely play it this week. And Game of Thrones, the first episode, comes out 
on Tuesday, so I'll have two Telltale. What? what? The fame of groans. Exactly. (laughs) I'll I'll have two Telltale episodes to play in one week. It's great. Which means I will, too. (laughs) Yeah, except that you won't want to play Game of Thrones. That would be a bad idea. Because I need to read the books first. Exactly. Exactly. People actually still read books. Once they get around to them, maybe. And then I'll probably also review the Hexels games, because those are nice and small and quick and easy. Spoon reason for that one is kind of scary. <laughs> the Sex Hells. Alright, well, why don't we leave you with that image in your head? <laughs> I'm Ian Decker. And I'm Ian Buck. Signing off. that we can hear them. Well, you know, his mic isn't the best. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but I, I, I didn't think that it had that much game. I can't. I have to record podcasts. Why? That's the plan, actually. We're going to talk about it as opening. Why do you have to? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Those are the when best. I mentioned that to Sonia, she was like, Oh, yeah, probably because of Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh, you Americans. <laughs> yeah, it probably was because of that, actually. Sex sales. And now... Sex sales. Hi, Matt. <laughs> sex sales and now I poop? <laughs> or sex sales and now my sword is too big for their shit? Why do we do this? He's been sitting here for like half an hour waiting to do this. <laughs> now with more <laughs> really, really, you're gonna do Sex Hells as the title? Really? <laughs> Why? <laughs> who? Who? Who's allowing okay. that to happen? Okay, fine. We can we can change it to the actual spelling of the spoonerism. Okay, that's better. Uh, well, first you have to say goodbye to Andrew Bailey. Oh, Bailey! When was the last time you heard my voice? Because I went like. Gone. <laughs> it's a 30 mile hour. 45. Well, Postal ca- lights on. Yeah, nobody cares. I'm the mailman! And got away with anything. I mean, it was fun. Well, I want to put a marker there. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I'm gone. I'm not allowed to be in the show. So, I was watching the TPT this morning. Okay. And they're, you're talking about Minnesota heritage and the Indian folk and everything else. They eat dog's hearts as part of their Wait, wait, something. wait. Who? The Native Americans. Really? Yes, yes. During the dog dance, it's traditional to put a dog heart on a stick and eat it. Now, that sounds like a primitive corn dog to me, and now I know where that came from. So, it's it's traditional... Dog dance. Dog dance on a stick is what I think I heard, and that's what it's going to (laughs) be. You're terrible. (laughs) You're terrible. Do you know how I'm forced into this new Brighton-tude? I like how you say forced, but yeah. Oh, man, was I double forced in Hormonal Rumble and transferred. Yes, yeah, census transfer. Okay. Oh, oh but, no, I haven't complained about the transfer on the at the Nexus because, you know, that was like a long time ago. 
Well, I know you've gotten the short end of the bed. No, no, no. I never even got on the short end. I was just like the the tippy tip of the something stick, and it was bad. 